my pals, my friends, new friends, old friends. What is up? What's up? Remember that from the Budweiser commercials? Was that Budweiser with the frogs? What's up? Also a scary movie. Yeah, that's where I'm at now in this pandemic. Uh, <laughs> well, we're, we're back with a brand new episode this week. Yes, we are on our new release schedule every second Wednesday at 4 p.m., that is right, uh, trying it out, seeing if it uh, allows me to be more productive with the podcast, because times are busy, uh, which is good. Um, times are busy, there's lots going on, but also negative things like my dog, Maggie. <sighs> she she fully blew her doggy ACL or whatever, CCL, ruptured it fully, so that's been fun. She's okay, she's on lots of pain meds. She has to get in for surgery, your little knee. She's hopping around like a little hobble hopper. That's what I call her, a little hobble hopper. <laughs> um, but it's sad because she can't go out for, for walks, really. She can only do her duties, which is pee and poo, because uh, that's all she really has to do in life. Those are the only duties she has. Uh, and she's in no fun jail, which is really sad and also difficult. They were like, you got to keep her off the b furniture. you got to make sure she rests and stays in her bed and I'm like man I turn around for two seconds and she jumps on the bed and I don't know how her knee's broken she's like all of a sudden after a few days is so strong on her th other three limbs that she can do whatever she wants without that one knee but um so that's gonna be a fun vet bill but that's okay that's why you get insurance that's right I have insurance if you have a pet and you don't have insurance get it it's worth it because you save money in uh, emergencies and accidents like this. Uh, poor thing. She was just running. It was awful. It was a nightmare. Uh, but she's doing well. She's on all her, on her pain meds, and we're going to get her into the veterinary surgeon, orthopedic surgery, and then she'll be on a, a swift road to recovery. Uh, so that was, the, I guess, my thorn this week. Uh, we'll start with the thorn. Why not? Why not? We, I feel like maybe I'll start doing a roses and thorns thing, because uh, that's fun. That was a big thorn um, in my side. Uh, another thorn is that... Um, our province is run by a thumb, as previous guest Auntie Donahue calls him. Yes, he does look like a thumb. Doug Ford, I uh, truly am just in awe of what is happening, uh, how he's truly gaslighting the province, saying, how dare you go to the mall when I keep it open? How dare you shop when I say it's okay? Uh, that is... Uh, uh, See, no words, because it's ridiculous. Uh, and I'm waiting, you know, for them to do the proper vaccination rollout and do essential workers and people in hotspot areas and underdeveloped areas uh, that need it. People who are go constantly going to work, like bus drivers and uh, people in factories and get us paid sick days. Like, I don't, it truly, it boggles my mind. I am... Um, I don't understand it, um, how that you could take away somebody's paid sick leave during a pandemic when the safest thing to do is to stay home, but people need money because that's the world we've created. Uh, it is a nightmare. 
Uh, and I guess I'll give you a rose. A rose is that uh, I I was nominated for a Canadian Screen Award uh, this uh, past week, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, didn't didn't really expect it. Like um, I was shocked. I'm in an incredible category with some incredible actors uh, for uh, web web series best supporting role in a web series. Uh, so that's really neat for band ladies, which I love. Uh, and I was so happy to be a part of that project and hopefully m- we'll get more soon. Uh, it's a super fun show. If you haven't watched it yet, go to highball TV. It's, uh, it's incredible. It's a lovely, you know, little web series full of heart, great music, great characters, great acting. Uh, a fellow actor, Lisa Michelle, was also nominated for a Canadian Screen Award for Best uh, Perf- Leading Performance in a Web Series. Uh, so it, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool week. I'm still like a little bit shocked by it, but, you know, it is what it is. And uh, uh, I'm happy and I'm honored. And I get to be in a category with Meg Ruffman, who, uh, for those who don't know, is Olivia Dale from Road to Avonlea. That's right, uh, which is pretty cool. I feel uh, I said this to the one of the creators of Band Ladies, Dana, who Putty Cum, who was on the podcast before. Uh, she was like, "It's like a, a an East Coast uh, <laughs> rite of passage to be nominated next to somebody who was on Road to Avonlea, which is pretty cool." <laughs> so that's been pretty fun, you know. I've just been uh, also restarted Red Dead Redemption Two, but this time I'm going in. And I'm being bad guy. Last time I was doing all good things. This time, full bad, and it's pretty fun. Gotta tell you. Just and also like really playing the game, like trying to get everything, not do the story, like trying to do a bunch of different things and riding across the the plains on my horse. I've got a new horse. Uh, I've called him Chris Gaines, which I think is a great name for a horse. Uh, <laughs> Garth Brooks is alter ego. Chris Gaines. I'm here for it, and I don't judge me all you all you want. All you wish, all you want. Uh, that's what my horse's name is now. Uh, and again, I probably will be devastated when they die. Uh, <laughs> even though it's fake. But it's a beautiful horse. Uh, it's a beautiful horse. I really want to ride a horse. I love country music now. I'm getting this cowboy 70s vibe, and I'm here for it. Um, really coming into my own. Uh, really finding myself. Uh, you know, as a queer person, I uh, I feel like it took me a long time to like really find out myself because you know when you're pretending to be straight or in the closet you're not you're you're there but your style and your vibe is is something that you aren't and I feel like over the last few years I've really like figured out who I am <laughs> and now it's 70s uh 70s cowboy <laughs> 70s dad uh I was talking to my cousin on the phone and I answered, it was FaceTime, and I had my, these new, like, glasses that I got that are super retro, super big, and she was like, oh my god, you look like Nanny, (laughs) and I looked at a photo of my grandmother, uh, and she's wearing these exact glasses, (laughs) and my cousin was like, well, at least they're in style, I'll have to, I'll put a post, I'll put a picture on, uh, I'll put a picture on, um, on Instagram, (laughs) Uh, comparing myself and my grandmother, uh, because I think you'll enjoy it. 
Uh, and speaking of enjoy, and speaking of band ladies, uh, our guest this week is none other than the wonderful Kirsten Rasmussen, my dear friend, who I did She the People with, who directed me in Extravaganza, who was in Band Ladies, in the the other the web series Slow Pitch, an incredible improviser, incredible comedian. Uh, uh, we got to sit down and chat. A very dear friend of mine. Uh, I'm excited for you uh, to get to know Kiki. Uh, so let's go to the interview now. Kirsten Rasmussen, everyone. Sports sounds. Oh, so <laughs> much clapping. The whole stadium does the wave. <laughs> and they go, let's go, Kirsten. That's my oh, dream reception. Nice. <laughs> right? That would be amazing. Yeah, just to, to walk, walk into, into a, a room. Yeah, specifically a sports stadium and have everyone go nuts for you because I've never been amazing at sports. <laughs> yeah, I was good at softball. That was about it. I played softball for like 15 years. So it was oh, man. a long part of my childhood. <laughs> yeah, I was medium at track. Yeah, I could see you running. Yeah, I did the long distance ones and I was medium at it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you'd be a good runner though. Like a running like I feel like you'd be so fast. <laughs> I I wasn't fast, I was consistent. So I I like to do I guess what was my favorite race was like four times around the track cuz okay. I would have a steady pace and then the last the last lap I would rip it, which wasn't a rip it cuz I wasn't a good sprinter. But that was my that was my favorite race. Okay, I feel I just feel like you'd be good at 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 bolting out of out of somewhere. I wasn't a great bolter. No. No. <laughs> okay, I guess I don't know you as well as I thought I did. <laughs> it's because of my spastic energy. I understand. I totally get why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I just pictured you. I also feel like um, recently I've gotten into video games, and now my brain only sees things and people in video games. Like, you know how they run? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I picture you running really fast, but like video game style. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know. How are you, Kirsten? I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you're doing all right. The nice sunny weather now. Yeah, it's very sunny, which is making me happy. And, yes. um... I'm going through a new stage of puberty because I have this Invisalign. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's fun. I'm calling That's it fun, though. adult puberty because suddenly I'm like, what's, where are my teeth going? What's happening? Do I have a lisp suddenly? <laughs> oh, no. It's great. <laughs> they do that, though. I've never had Invisaligns. I had braces when I was in grade six. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they were on my teeth for like, I, I, what felt like four years. I'm sure it was only three, but it felt like it was on. For four years, they were awful. I would, I wish the Invisalign existed. Yeah, because then you, it's invisible. Yeah, there's some good parts about it, but um, um, I guess it's more gradual. Maybe it's less pain, painful. Mm -hmm. Although it still hurts, but um, yeah, of course. And it's, I guess, it's a good time to be doing it now. But it's just like, uh, 
yeah, things just constantly shifting, which just, you know, for the most (laughs) part, my body has been mostly kind of the same for like Mm -hmm. 20 years of my life, 15 years of my life. And now to be like, oh, now who knows where that tooth is going to (laughs) go. The tooth is probably thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's like, what's this wild ride? We were comfortable. (laughs) He's like, oh, changes. Yeah. (laughs) Changes. I love that though. Do you have to wear it all the time? Yeah, I take it off for meals and then and mm-hmm. then I try to stick them back in right away. Okay, that's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I'm happy for you. I feel like having your teeth move is weird. Yeah. But worth it. I I need to go to the dentist. I just made a dentist appointment for the first time in a long time. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Uh, the dentist scares the crap me out of too. me. Did you have a bad scenario with them, an event? I don't think I did, no. Uh, I've always had good dentists, uh, like family dentists, very kind, very nice. Uh, but I, when I was in un- was I university or last year of high school, I was on a bus trip to New York City, <gasps> and my jaw locked. Ooh. Just probably for like 10 seconds, but it felt like an eternity. And I remember ever since then, I now have a fear of opening my mouth too wide. And so whenever I go to the dentist, I also have um, TMJ. So my jaw is constantly clicking and cracking. Uh, So I'm always afraid that it's going to get locked. Now, I'm sure it has happened at the dentist and I'm sure they know exactly what to do. But I'm always like. I feel so bad because sometimes without knowing, I'm gr- I grab their hands. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like I have to warn them to be like I actually have like a severe anxiety about oh having my mouth open for too long. Yeah. Oh my god. So I'm very interested to see where where what happens when I go to the dentist next. I have a lot of anxiety about dentists, which I will get into. But one thing I will say is I went to a, a dentist that was for kids and it was actually really mm-hmm. nice because she was like, look how good you did. You should be proud of okay. yourself. Like she spoke to me like a child and it didn't <laughs> not work. I was like, this is kind of nice. Um, I ended up changing. Yeah, I just want to be told but, you're doing well. right. She, and she was gentle and like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got a tooth knocked in when I was 14 or 15. I was just like wrestling with a friend. I wasn't in a fight, <laughs> but I got a front tooth knocked like all the way in. So I have anxiety because like the dentist basically basically like pushed my tooth back out. Ow. Yeah. And I think I had a concussion and I was in shock and all this stuff probably. And so I get a lot of anxiety. And then um, because I you know, we're comedians and I was poor for a long time. I didn't go to the dentist for like a six year period. And then, um, after I got the second city cruise ship gig, I like came home and was like, go to the dentist. And I had so (laughs) many cavities. Yep. And, um, this place I went was like the cheapest place I could find. And the freezing did not work. And I, and I don't think they believed me, but I kept on being like, (sighs) I can feel this. I can feel this. I can feel this. Oh, no. <laughs> it was brutal. And I like. Oh, that's a nightmare. Because I hadn't been for so long. I was just kind of like, I just kind of like sucked it up. But then I changed offices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's smart. That's that's a good move because that is also a huge fear of like not being like numb enough and something happening. What a literal nightmare. Ugh, it's such a gross feeling. I know. I. I went to the dentist probably about the same time, like five years ago, because I had a 
I had a I I get cavities really easily because I grind my teeth or like I I clench my teeth mm-hmm. so all the enamel is worn off. Like I went to see her and she was like, "You have no enamel really on your oh, teeth, God. so you're gonna be so susceptible to uh to cavities." And I was like, "Well, isn't that nice?" <laughs> oh man! And then when we want our I have to go too because we're actors so our teeth are very important and when we won our Canadian well we won two Canadian comedy Ooh. awards in <laughs> <laughs> the same night yes. it was great uh I fell and I chipped my tooth <laughs> yeah I fell and I really really went down hard oh, god <laughs> and my landlord still hasn't fixed that step that crumbled underneath my feet so I uh <laughs> fuck man landlords yeah, and like my landlords are pretty good. I'm just like shocked that they. I was like, I could have sued you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, I, I, I probably, I don't even know. I don't think I had a concussion, but like, went pretty hard on the old face. <laughs> Man, is it just like people in Canada aren't afraid of suing? <laughs> like maybe, or like maybe because there's so much like red tape to actually sue somebody, right? Like, I feel like there's probably so many steps that we're all so like, ugh, it's never, I'm never going to win. Right. What's the point? Yeah, what's the point of this? What's the point? Like, they'll contest and then I'll, I'll spend money on something that isn't, isn't worth it at the end of the day, I guess. Unless it's like a really bad landlord situation and then you should sue. Yeah. Like, what's that, that guy who just kicked all those people out of the building? Brad Lamb or whatever? Oh, right. Yeah. Woof. Because of the, who's the, who, it was the... Oh shit! Wasn't he a famous guy that actually? And everyone was like, "Isn't this Der- Derek? Life with Derek?" Oh, I don't know the star. So the guy who like saved everybody because they put in an extra carbon monoxide like detector. Right. Um, he saved everyone because they said if it, it the way the landlord had placed the carbon monoxide detector, carbon monoxide would have had to reach the top of their ceiling in order for it to go off. Right. Um. So they had had one. But anyway, it turned out, I think he was the guy from this show called Life with Derek. And like, he's one of the people that got evicted and like did this whole like Twitter camp, like Twitter like thing to like shit on Brad Lamb. Anyway, I was like, you don't fuck with with Canadian celebs, baby. I I don't know Life with Derek. What is this? What am I I missing? I think it's Life with Derek. Isn't it? Wasn't it like a kid's show or something like a teen? Yes. Life with Derek. Canadian sitcom. Four seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was the star, Derek. <laughs> Bless you, Derek. Yeah. So good for him. For him. Uh, you know, I'm pretty pretty happy for him. I'm glad I'm glad he's alive. I'm glad he saved everybody. Uh, yeah. Is the main thing. But I think that the moral of the story is don't go to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the takeaway for sure. Yeah, that's the takeaway. Don't go to the dentist because uh, shit's going to happen. <laughs> Either don't go ever or go once a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Like try your chances. Uh, if you have the money, go. If go. you don't have the money, Canada, the government should just make it part of healthcare. I don't know why it isn't yet. Oh, uh, here we are. That would be beautiful. It's a bone. Yeah. I truly, no, I'll never understand it. Yeah. Because it's a bone, which is part of our body. Yeah. Why doesn't it, why isn't it included? Yeah. I had a, a very nice friend that I went to school with, like university with. Um, mm-hmm. I think they live in Montreal now and they posted about 
they were like home from the dentist and half their face was droopy and they were talking about their experience. And then they went on this huge rant about like why it doesn't Canadian have dental, yeah. but also their face was droopy. So it was just like very, <laughs> I don't know. I just loved it. I was like, man, I love this. I love artists. <laughs> I love them. I love them. I, I also like, I was supposed to get my wisdom. I know we're talking a lot about teeth. We'll move on in a second. But I was supposed to get my wisdom teeth out when I was like 20 and I was so afraid because I just booked my first like big dinner theater show oh, yeah. and it was like the first time I'd be paid to like act and play music and I was scared that something would happen right and I wouldn't be able to sing anymore you'd get <laughs> so like dry socket or something or whatever it's called yeah <laughs> whatever it is and then the dentist was like uh, or the whatever orthodontist was like okay but like if you wait till your 30s it's not gonna be good <laughs> And so now in my 30s, I'm like, yeah, three of them are poking out. <laughs> oh, no. Probably should have got them out. Well, here we are. Uh, what, are you, what, what are you drinking? Um, oh, I, I just picked up this from a bar. It's called Farmer in the Sky. Oh, my God. A dry hopped Pilsner from True History mm. Brewing. Ooh, I've never heard of it. Is it? Where's it from? It says <laughs> Toronto. It? Oh. Yeah. I'd, I'd never heard of it either. I've been... Um, I haven't been drinking a lot in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the last couple of times I've ordered beer has been from left field because they did this amazing thing where they're paying their people $22 an hour. Yes. Um, yeah. So usually when I have a beer, I just have one or two. Uh, so I've been like, Oh, then it's, then it feels worth it. But I've been digging that, mm -hmm. but this I just picked up from a restaurant. So. Oh, nice. I love left field. I, love their beer their delivery guys are always the nicest yeah they're always like have a great weekend i'm like you too thank you so much for your hard work yeah. Yeah, and their beer's great too yeah. and i think they've started um brewing like uh hard seltzers as well which i'm super into oh i love me a a nice low cal <laughs> zero sugar <laughs> i haven't tried one but i'm willing to try what are you drinking trish I'm drinking a Guinness nice. because I forgot about St. Patrick's Day oh, the other day. Yeah. I forgot because I'm in my home. <laughs> yeah. My, I'm not seeing all the people out with their green beers and their green outfits. My mom sent a, a, a happy St. Patrick's Day because we're kind of, we're mostly Scottish on that side, but like a little mm -hmm. bit, I think there's a sprinkle of Irish in there. Probably. Yeah. yeah most likely. Aren't we all Scottish, Irish, English? I guess so. Something like that. <laughs> For the most part, something like that. But you also have, are you, you're Dutch too? Danish. No. Danish, sorry. No, that's okay. Similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my, in my knowledge, but that's cool. Cause so you, you, um, I know you talk a lot about your like grandma and stuff and yeah. like, de like dealing your, your Danish heritage and everything. Yeah. Like Cause that. I'm first generation Canadian on that side of the family. So they, mm -hmm. My famo and fafa, that's grandma and grandpa in, in uh, Danish. They came over in the 60s. My dad was 10, I guess. Oh, crazy. His, his sister was like 14 and the youngest was eight or something like that. So, yeah, they came on a big boat. Took a long time. They got very sick on the boat. <laughs> yep, of course, as you do. <laughs> and then they thought they'd never come back, you know. Um, after mm -hmm. the Second World War, Denmark was occupied during the war. And then after the second world war, the, the economy was shit. So Canada was like, mm -hmm. come here, own your own land, be a farmer. And that's what my father wanted, but it didn't quite work out that way. And, um, right. But they were always happy. And a few of his brothers moved here too. So I have some cousins here. 
as well. That's cool. I didn't know that they came in like the 60s. That like feels like not not that long ago. Yeah, it it wasn't that long ago. And and his I think three of his other brothers came, but they came like as single men quite a bit younger on their mm-hmm. own. Um, but he came in his 40s with his wife and three kids. So they also had kind of a different experience in that way. But yeah, uh, of course. And did they go right to Saskatchewan? Yeah. So my other uncle, um, uh, he was uh, he was a horse trainer. He trained horses for the Danish military and then moved to Canada and started working with RCMP and the RCMP mm-hmm. headquarters, training headquarters are in Regina. So he moved straight there and started training horses like he trained horses for the musical ride. And um, oh, and he act- the musical ride, the musical ride is like uh, the RCMP do this like big artistic show or like, oh, yeah, horses dance. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Horse dancing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, RCMP, like colonization and um, dancing horses. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that just, just screams Canadian. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he, they got, they came here to be close to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah. So, so wait, who trained horses? Was my not uncle, your, my great uncle. So uncle. my my right. grandfather's brother. Yeah. That's crazy. That's fun. I I've been in a big uh, horse uh, phase. Oh, um, explain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just really want to be a cowboy. <laughs> okay, got it. Gotcha. I like. I want. I want to ride a horse across the plains. <laughs> I want to like brush one i just want to be friends with one i don't know why it's like since the beginning of the pandemic i feel like i've gotten back to like loving country music and everything country yeah like everything i'm like i want it all give it to me (laughs) i want anything that makes me a cowboy i'll take it (laughs) (laughs) my cousin is like an actual cowboy he like lives in southern saskatchewan runs a beef farm and like moves his cattle across the border with horses like the movie city slickers, but it's not a tourist thing. He does it, uh, for his living for real. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. I'll, I'll like send you his Instagram because it's just like pure cowboy. I love it. See, I want the cowboy life, but I want to be like a queer cowboy. So I like, I want to be progressive. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, and, but I mean, I don't know. Cause you grew up in like Saskatchewan and I grew up in New Brunswick. So like still like kind of like farmy kind of areas. I feel like there's always that like underlying, um, homophobia, prejudice, (laughs) homophobia, racism in that like world, even though it's gotten a lot better. Like, especially when I think about like country music and like, I've been following so many queer country singers and like, and like black or indigenous country singers, which has been like super fun. Um, and like, they're kind of like taking back, taking back like that country music, like especially black, black folks. And like, it's, it's so good and I love it. So I'm like, yeah, let's get, get those uh, asshole white nationalists out of country music. That's not what it is. And I, I, yeah, like I just, it's just hard liking country music and knowing the history behind it as well. Like of a lot of it. Yeah. You know, and knowing that are you a big country fan? I I mean, it's weird because I grew up around. Definitely, I grew up around uh, a fair amount of country. Definitely grew up listening to Garth Brooks for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, 
and a little bit of other stuff like Dixie chicks were definitely like, which they're not called anymore. Right. What are they called? No, just the chicks, the chicks, the chicks, um, you know, played a role in my high school time. Uh, so I would say it was around and I enjoyed it and it makes me a little nostalgic, but I would say like in high school, when I felt like I kind of found my vibe, which also I'm like, well, okay. It was, it was definitely <laughs> punk for me. Like I loved punk. <laughs> nice. And then I was yeah. listening to one of my favorite albums, which was like propaganda, how to clean everything. And, um, I was, was re-listening to it in the pandemic. And I'd also just taken this course. My girlfriend is Jewish. I'll just say that. And so mm-hmm. I was taking this course on the history of anti-Semitism, um, mm-hmm. to kind of just, you know, because again, Saskatchewan, there's not a lot of Jewish population in Saskatchewan. Yeah. And I felt, I felt it was a, it was a topic I felt really ignorant about, especially in like mm-hmm. anti-Semitism that's in the left, that's present in the, in the left or in the more liberal yeah. circles. So anyways, I studied, I like had just finished that studying thing. And then I was like listening to this propaganda and there was this kind of anti-Zionism song. And I was like listening to propaganda being like, Catherine, this was like my favorite music in high school. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh God. Okay. I'm, oh, no. I'm sorry. And I, I won't play that again in our apartment. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh no. Yeah. It's it's interesting going back and listening to like things that you really liked but with like a different eye. Like <laughs> I'll say my 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 girlfriend's also Jewish. Uh and so I'm learning a lot like I love Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite books, one of my favorite like Muppet Christmas Carol is one of my favorite movies of all time. And last year Jill was like this is anti-Semitic and I was like what? Oh man. Because um, Charles Dickens wrote, you know, like it's the idea that Scrooge is an old miser who doesn't like Christmas and hoards all of his money with like a larger nose. And so it was like the idea that I guess Charles Dickens wrote him with the idea behind with Christianity in mind being like the Jewish face doesn't like Christmas. So we want to make sure by the end of this, he likes Christmas. And I was like. I just thought it was about a man who, who just was like, who was just so broken that he just was so selfish and he just needed to find people to love and spirit. Jill's like, no, I was broken. Oh man. She was like, you got mad at me. And I was like, well, you got to give me a second. It's been a part of my life forever. I know you're like, like, but the Muppets, but it's the Muppets. And it's cause like to me, like, it's so funny cause I would have never in a million years thought of it like that because I just pictured it being a dude who just was so trauma, like hurt in his life that he decided to be selfish and keep everything for himself and was bitter. Yeah. But then when you go and you watch it, you're like, oh, yeah, that it does have those because anti-Semitic tones because of when it was written. Yeah. When it was written by. And you start to like got, look at the tropes that are perhaps present there. Oh. Yeah. The same with like. Oliver Twist and Fagin and like uh, like certain characters in Charles Dickens books that are very like he's drawing them up like stereotypical Jewish people and you're like oh I would have never thought truly I would never have thought yeah I mean I also don't have like I don't think a bone in my body that is anything prejudice at all and neither was my family but I'm like, I guess we were, I was just blind to it. Yeah. I didn't think about I it. I think there, there are insidious things in society, even, you know, like stuff like misogyny that like mm-hmm. creeps up on me and I'm like, Oh, Oh my God. 
oh, I think, I think (laughs) what I just thought and did was misogynist and I didn't realize. And I mean, obviously like being queer and being from a small Saskatchewan town, Mm -hmm. being like how much internalized, how much homophobia I have and like the different ways that that's come out. Wait, is this a comedy podcast? Oh God. (laughs) No, 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 it's not. It's a conversational podcast. We already got, we already talked about teeth. We're good. We got the comedy covered. It was very funny. Please. It was so funny. It was the funniest. It's the funniest thing. No, you could talk about whatever you want on this podcast. That's the point. We did. We get deep sometimes, like often. Often I get deep with a lot of people on this pod. You got it. You got it. I was kidding. I knew. I know it's conversation. (laughs) But um, but yeah, I think like I think there's just insidious stuff that we don't know about, and that's one of the reasons why I took this class because, you know, like there, um, with with anti-Semitism and I'm not going to say in particular because I think with any like prejudice, there's there's subtlety and there's stuff that if you don't know, Mm -hmm. you could miss. You know. Um, but it was particular, something that I was ignorant about. Um, and, and so it was very interesting to, to learn about it and to, to be able to now, I feel like I can kind of pick up on the things that point, point to it. Whereas like a year ago, things would have gone right over my head. And now I'm like, yeah, and now I'm like, oh, okay. Now I see how that Mm -hmm. points to that. Even like in terms of like sketches, like, Mm-hmm. Because, it, well, we both worked at Second City and there's a lot of archive sketches there and stuff that I would have put on stage or would have cast in a way because I work as a director there in a capacity as well. Now I'm just like, oh, I would never put those voices in that. And I think, oh, yeah, I think in the last 10 years, comedies become even more and more personal as well. So then it becomes mm-hmm. even harder to be. Not even harder, yeah. but it becomes even more important not to cast people without it. I, I was in this oh, absolutely. acting class recently and we did this exercise where everyone like wrote a monologue and then we passed it to someone else and it was supposed to be like a true story about ourselves. And mm-hmm. somehow a white woman ended up with a black woman's piece and I was just like, this is very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. This, no, this, why? I don't like that this happened. No, no. And no, no. Like, yeah, every, everyone was very good about it. It was like, yep, this shouldn't have happened. That was a full mistake. We're so sorry. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like dealt with well, but I was just like, Ugh! and I don't know that I would have, yeah. or I don't know. I, anyways, I'm glad that we're in this place, obviously, because for some people, it, oh, yeah, it never felt good. <laughs> I think a lot about, I was talking about this with a friend who kind of came up with me in, uh, cause after Saskatchewan, I moved to Edmonton, which is more mm-hmm. diverse than the tiny town I was in, but you know, it, it definitely compared to Toronto, not super diverse. And I, that's where I started comedy. And, um, there were so few women in the company I was in. And I remember just like really being passionate about like there being more women voices, more women on stage, you know, like often it was just me and a group of boys, me and a group of men and, um, and kind of really being able to acknowledge and accept, like looking back, being like, there was mm-hmm. no, not one ounce of intersection, intersectionality mm-hmm. in my thinking. It was just like, there needs to be more yep. women here. And like being like, wow. Yeah. I was missing a huge chunk of the reality mm-hmm. in that thinking. But at the same time, like I, I, well, you know, I don't, I'm learning it now, so I can't go back and like. Well, yeah, we can't go back. No one can go back in the past. It's just how, what you do in the present and your future that uh, 
helps. But you can like you can't live in the past, but you can like go back and be like, oh yeah, this was a moment that I should have known. Maybe I should have known this, and now I learn from that. You know? Yeah. I don't know. And also like it's tough because you know, as also as queer women, it's like you're kind of looking at the world a little bit like I, especially in comedy. I'm I'm here. I'm the only one here yeah. of my ty- of like who I am, and like it, it's trying to like also find your footing and fi- keep your voice in there so that p- you're being heard as well. So it's it sometimes it it's tough. It's it's tough, uh, and I'm 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 super happy. Obviously, where the world is shifting, and you know it takes it takes a lot of time and a lot of uh, fighting to. Uh, to really get things moving, but I think the world is going in a much better place, even though it seems darker. I think that there's, uh, yeah, well, I th- <laughs> like it's, I th- it seems brutal, but thinking about like queer folk and like specifically, like I'm bi, and I feel like mm-hmm. even being able to say that and say that with pride and feel like I'm part of a queer family, that is such mm-hmm. a new experience, and and you know, I came in and out of the closet a million times. I moved around a lot too. So it, it was, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't just like, just, just kidding. It was just, I would move to a new, <laughs> yeah. a new city and people would just assume I was straight. And because comedy felt so straight and felt unwelcome. And also because the queer communities, there was a certain amount at that time had a certain amount mm-hmm. of biphobia in it. I just really was mm-hmm. like, well, oh, well, not now, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I guess not now. Soon I will be fully out of the closet. (laughs) Yeah, but there was a huge, huge fear of that. And like when I came out, people being like, oh, so you're a lesbian and me feeling like, no, no. And then feeling like I'm not saying no because I'm homophobic. I'm saying no because I'm worried that you're going to judge me. Like Mm -hmm. it was such a weird, complicated feeling of being like, I might I might also still date men. I don't know. Yeah, of course. And like, that was what was, uh, you know, hard about the queer community, too, is like so many people you uh, you go in. Like, I remember when I was like a lesbian. Well, I am a lesbian. (laughs) 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 Or when I (laughs) just kidding. I'm so straight. Uh, (laughs) But I I grew out of it. So, (laughs) But I grew out of it. I I shed I shed that part of my skin. Fresh as a daisy, baby. Uh, no, but like I remember coming out and it's like in my brain and also again coming from a small town, you like only know of two things. Like people don't never talked about like non-binary wasn't a thing. Yeah. Gender queer wasn't a thing that people spoke about. Like even trans at that time was like, and I mean that was only, that was less than 10 years ago. I came out when I was like 25, 26, you know? And it's like, even then it was like, you're a lesbian or you're gay. And that's that, you know? And, and then getting older and meeting new people and learning and growing and also like learning about like myself and my sexuality and what I like and who I like. And it's like, Oh yeah. I, I labels are just tough. Like it's like, you should be able to just say what you want and, and be who you want without people judging. And like, there's so much, judgment in the queer community as well like oh, yeah. you know yeah i think you're taught like 
when I was coming out too, it was like, by by women will get you. They'll get you. And like, Ugh. that's what lesbians tell you. And so as like a young queer, you're like, okay. And then you might experience like one or two things, but it's like, that's just people. It doesn't mean it's all by people or it's all these types of people. And that's totally like, that's internalized misogyny right there. Mm-hmm. That's internalized yep. saying like, for whatever reason, people will... People will value, if you're dating someone who dates both men and women, they will value their relationships with men more. Yep. And so that is just completely internalized misogyny. And I have felt that from both women and men partners. I've had men be like, sure, I don't mind if you're with women, thinking that it's no yeah. risk to them. Like, you're mm-hmm. going to come back to me by the end of the day anyways. And it's like, yeah, why? Okay. What? <laughs> yeah. Huh? huh? Excuse me? <laughs> you know, and then and then the opposite. Yeah. I've had women be like, well, I'm with a boyfriend, but I'm happy to have you on the side. And I'm like, I don't mm. I'm not interested on being on your side. I see. That's rude. That's that's where all the <laughs> that's where it comes from. Those people. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't. Yeah, that's that stuff sucks. There's, yeah. Sometimes it takes one or two people to really ruin something yeah. for everyone. <laughs> like. And it's tough, yeah. Where where now it's like it's so lovely to see that there are so many like there are so many different like labels that it's a little hard to keep up with sometimes. Like every day I'm learning about something new or like a different sexuality and it's like very interesting and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like there's one that I saw the other day of like oh, fuck, what's it called? But it's basically where you just like are attracted to someone simply for their mind. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and it's a, it, there's a label for it, but it's like specifically like you want that person for their mind and their mind alone. Right. I've definitely which is, done that, I guess. <laughs> so we better find out, add that to your label. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess I just, there was like a type of person I dated who was like really smart and mean to me. And then I was like, I don't need to date this kind of person. <laughs> yeah. Just cause you're smart doesn't mean you get to be mean. <laughs> yeah. um, like get out of here. Yeah, it's it's lovely. You've been doing so many like queer you did two queer web series or like queer characters. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, which is which was amazing. Yeah. You were phenomenal in both. Thank you. Yeah, slow slow pitch was fun. I was playing a, a lesbian mm-hmm. in that and I definitely there was like a little bit of nervousness in that mm-hmm. in that feeling and there was there's an episode and it's called Slow Pitch and there's an episode in which my character Joanne is being kind of biphobic. Mm -hmm. kind of ignorantly so like naively so um and I don't even know if it's biphobia as much as it's I don't even know if there's a polyphobia because the person Mm -hmm. she's kind of not really attacking but being mean to is someone who's bi and who's polyamorous and my Mm -hmm. character Joanne is just like what she's a she's a monogamist and she's just like what the fuck are you talking about um (laughs) so yeah, I think it's more the poly thing that throws her off. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, anyways, I remember just that episode being like, "Wow, this is very interesting." Being on being on the other side of being like, <laughs> yeah. being like, "What answer to me by person?" Which is what like I've felt like sometimes as a bi person, like being like, "Oh, so you date girls now?" And me being like, "I was always bi. I just, <laughs> yeah, you just didn't notice me because I was so focused on comedy that I wasn't out at the queer parties." <laughs> yeah because I was just doing improv I was just doing improv everybody all the all the queer parties I don't know if I've ever been to just a queer party I feel like I also just like stuck into the comedy community yeah 
So I I think that's it because I think for some (laughs) folks finding their queer community was like that. I mean, especially if Mm -hmm. you're in a place like Edmonton and you're looking for your queer community, you're like going out to the bar or something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. and that becomes your hobby is finding, this is my assumption, finding your community, but because comedy is kind of that full-time job of like every night I'm going to shows or doing classes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And those are our hangout spots. Like those are the spots you hang out because all your pals are there. It's more fun than cruising tangos where I get stressed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Cruising tangos always made me stressed. (laughs) It's too many people and everybody. You're like, "Eh, there's uh, just too much to look at. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but yeah. But yeah, that was great. And band ladies, too. You're so good in that. That was very fun. They dressed me up so nice. Every day I was like, what? outfit do I get to wear <laughs> yeah they did and you were so funny too but so like charming it was nice to see you in a role like I hadn't seen you in a role like where you got to be like really like more serious like you're such a great actor and a wonderful Aww. comedian but it was nice to like watch you a little bit more, like really grounded and really like I don't know feeling the moments it was not, anyway you were great at it. <laughs> uh, I loved I loved your scenes too like we're so funny that photo shoot murders me whenever I watch that scene it's so great <laughs> it was so fun to shoot that yeah that scene I remember the, I remember uh Molly just being like and just go Trish just go, just go. I was like okay <laughs> and it was so great because it allowed for these subtle moments like one of the moments I loved the most in there is when you're like and there's lumbermen lumberjacks sorry <laughs> lumberjack yeah lumber. and then I no I say lumbermen I think <laughs> yeah and then I just lumbermen. look at you and then you're like and yeah. lumber women and I'm like thank you and it was so subtle yeah. and small but it just made the queer inside of me so happy that we had that <laughs> we had that moment and it wasn't you know like we got to add that to it and that could have only yeah. existed because there was two queer folks there present. Yep. Yeah, you know? exactly. True. Yeah, for sure. That felt great. Yeah, it was. I remember that. And then me being like, I'm woke. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> this is stupid. Like, she's for sure gay. <laughs> like, what? Uh, uh, oh, I'm my gosh. I forgot that. That's I'm so woke. good. I'm woke. Oh my God. Yeah. That was fun. That was a fun series to shoot really all around. Like the cast crew, everybody was so lovely Yeah, and it like was so good. Like I remember watching it being like, Oh fuck, this is like a really, really well done. Not that I didn't think it was going to be, but you know, when you like actually watch something and you're like, Oh man, this is really good. Yeah. (laughs) Like it was so good. Yeah. It looked proud of it. It looked profesh. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a joy to show up, show up to work. And like, I don't, those, those two experiences were both very new to me. Like I, I've only ever been like a day player, like had a day on set, mm-hmm. a scene or whatever. And so to have kind of two opportunities somewhat close together to do like a bunch of work in a row mm-hmm. was like such a gift and then go fully into a pandemic where I haven't worked for almost <laughs> a, over a year. <laughs> oh, God. But, um, oh, fuck. but yeah, those were, that was awesome. Yeah, you're so good. I hope I hope more seasons of both of those shows come back so we can see. You're so like it's it is like really like almost polar opposites too for you. Like yeah. which was so fun. Like I remember Jill and I watching um Slow Pitch and I was like, fuck, you're so funny. <laughs> like you're so funny. Like that musical number killed me. Uh, I love Joanne because so she's just like and Jay, who uh, is the director for that. 
um, mm. they and I just like laugh because Joanne is just so mediocre. <laughs> yeah, she's just like whatever. Oh, good. Maggie heard somebody. Good girl, Maggie. <laughs> Maggie, Maggie. Hey, I'm just gonna let her out of my room. She'll just bark, bark at I don't know what somebody's at the door. I guess. Uh, yeah, I want the last time when I had Stacy on last, uh, she Maggie started doing that, and I had to go get her. And Stacy just talked about John Travolta the whole time, so I kept it in. <laughs> <laughs> just to nobody. Yeah, I was like, we were talking about this John Travolta thing, and I was like, I gotta get Maggie. Keep talking. That's brilliant. <laughs> she talked for like four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so funny. It's so ridiculous. Oh, man. oh my goodness. We also got to work on Extravaganza together, yes. and which was like the best. Speaking of like queer shows. Oh my god, I was literally journaling about that this morning. Hi, I'm a big dork. Oh, but um, no, I was doing this. <laughs> this like meditation exercise this acting place that I was working with was like they talk about like figuring out your why like why are you in this business why why do you want to do this mm -hmm. and so I was journaling about that and I was thinking about like the experiences that like I really loved or that really spoke to me and I was thinking about like three pieces from that show one was mm -hmm. Selena's song yeah which was this like giant piece Selena who's Nikki Nasralla um Streg's persona Selena Vile and uh Nikki was like I want to do this song and it was like seven mm -hmm. pages and I remember just being like holy shit <laughs> and he's like and I you know we're gonna do all these like uh costume changes and then I, we were talking about it mm -hmm. and I was like yeah and I could like see it in my mind but I was also like this is so complicated and yeah. <laughs> I was very intimidated by it and I was also like this is a long ass piece so it needs to pay off Anyways, it was a fucking brilliant piece that was awesome. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> but it was like math, like the choreography, the choreography of that was this math that very much intimidated me. And we had some people in the show who weren't like the most who had like trouble remembering <laughs> where to oh, be yeah. next. <laughs> um, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> and bless him because he knows. Bless him. He knows. Oh, yeah, he knows. Uh, there were so many times where I was like, Marshall. <laughs> And like, it's so, I don't know if this happens to you, but I have, I, I don't know if it's just from doing theater and like in high school, like I never really got parts. I was always in the chorus, but I always watched rehearsal. And so like, I've got this weird brain th thing where I can remember everybody's <laughs> like entrances and exits yeah. without writing anything down. It's like a weird memory thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I use that a lot on him. Oh, it's but yeah, that was a beautiful piece. You gotta have those people. Um, yeah, and then your the piece that you pitched uh as well, your piece, um, which I'm forgetting about the name now. The slow the slow rewind yes, one. Yes, the rewind one. Yeah, well welcome. Yes, yeah. which was the the telling of a couple getting together. Yeah. That one too. So just these like physical pieces mm -hmm. that were these like giant pieces that that intimidated the crap out of me as a director but also made me so excited and like just the feeling of like being like this could be really good and then my inner brain being like don't fuck it up <laughs> <laughs> 
And then as a director, don't you fuck it right? up. And then as a director, it's like you can't let that voice out, you know. So trying to be like, yeah. okay, and so now we're gonna try this. <laughs> <laughs> but you did a great job. The show was phenomenal. The running order was incredible. Like everybody was given like their moment to really shine. And and also what was so lovely is because, you know, with comedians, everybody's got their own style and their own flay, like yeah. like flavor of comedy. And like it really showed in that show. Like everybody you got to see everyone's like best self, which was so fun. Yeah. And also it was like the first time like where it felt really safe too, like yeah. because everyone was queer and everyone had experienced basically the same things. Yeah. It was so interesting to, to be able to be in a room with like everyone who basically had gone through the same things as you. Oh, yeah. Like that never happens. Yeah. We had that one <laughs> rehearsal where we talked, everyone talked about their relationships with their family. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, Holy shit. It was so, uh, heartbreaking but validating like being like everyone mm-hmm. had had and for different reasons like not not oh, just yeah. because we were queer but just because we're human beings but yeah <laughs> it was so validating because I think often I've been in rooms where it's like like I remember being in a room where everyone's parents were still together except for me and I was like what the fuck like I expect <laughs> a bunch of people's parents to be divorced come on and it was like <laughs> it was so weird to come from this like to be like, how am I the only actor here from a broken home? That's crazy. Um, yeah, that's that is crazy. <laughs> it, it was. It was one of my main stage casts where I was just like, get out of here, you perfect assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing with like, like, because you you did three shows with Second City, right? Yeah. Yeah, three main stage shows, and it's like you're in a group with people who are some of the most talented comedians. Oh yeah in the city in Canada really and but not, like a lot of you you all have different POVs and it's so sometimes it's like so difficult to like try and get your POV in like being the only queer person on the stage it was like uh, how do I like yeah <laughs> how, and like luckily for my first show you were there which was so like helpful because we had worked together on extravaganza and then you know also like having another queer voice was so so helpful but I like I it, it must be so difficult for people who who aren't who weren't lucky like I was to have somebody else who understood my POV and like you know as a cast like and you've probably experienced this too you try really hard to understand somebody's POV because you don't want to fuck it up yeah. and you want to like do really really well for this person like I remember <laughs> this is the worst thing that I've have I've ever felt on stage <laughs> Chargel wanted to do this scene and he was like Trisha I got this idea and like he was like, I don't know if anyone will want to do it, but he was like, I trust you. And I was like, okay, yeah, what is it? And it was like the idea that people who say go back to your country, uh, but like Shargel would come back with being like, yeah, my country is great. It's got a female prime minister. It's got this, like all these amazing things. But we did that on stage, and the gay woman of the cast went to the brown man in the cast, go back to where you came from, and the audience did not like it. Oh God. Yeah. And like, it was so hard, but it was so sad because backstage, Chargell and I were like giving each other jokes. It was so funny. We were laughing. Yeah. Like it was really satirical. And then we got on stage to the point where Chargell grabbed my hand in the scene and was like, we're going to go. And I was like, we're leaving. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I wish I could have seen that though. 
because it was just wow. brutal. It was brutal. Oh my god, we laugh all the time about oh that. Go god. back to where he came from. And there, there, another one. I, I think it was this last show. Yeah, and I was sitting next to Hannah, and Alan wanted to. I don't know why, but people. I think because I'm queer, I can get away with being a shitty dude because the audience usually forgives me because I'm not an actual man being an asshole. Like, right. you know well, what I mean? I guess mean? that's where the like uh, cheeky character comes from. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, so I did this other one where it was like, Alan wanted me to be shitty Jesus. Like the idea that like you 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 can't you can't the, the idea that you know sometimes your heroes aren't like if your heroes come like aren't what don't you meet thought your heroes, they were. Yeah. Don't meet your heroes. It was that. And I came back from the like Jesus came back and was just shitty. Oh, no. And a woman walked out and said, "This is not my cup of tea." Oh no. <laughs> And like stuff was happening and I just looked at Hannah and I was like, and Alan was trying to save the scene. And so was I, cause I was like, I got to get out of here. And I was like, Hannah, they hate me. And she's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just trying so hard to be like, this is going horribly. I had won the audience over and now they hate me. Oh man, that's brutal. <laughs> but it's so, it's so funny with comedy. Like what you think is going to be so funny never is. <laughs> But it's wild because that might have killed, you know, with a more, I don't want to say like comedy savvy group, but that's what I'm going to say. And honestly, wasn't basically Jesus Christ Superstar just about the fact that Jesus was kind of shitty. Like when I read that musical, I'm like, I was like, Judas is right. He's he's going crazy. (laughs) He is. He's a bit selfish. Like, come on. He's getting (laughs) getting his feet washed in oils that they could use to feed the poor. Anyways, I I mean, that whole musical, though, is a vehicle for us to feel bad about Judas. Like he was wronged. Judas was wronged for sure by God. Right. I think because I saw it when I was a child. I was just like, Judas did a bad thing and went to hell, I think, is what I thought the story was. For sure. Also, hell was so scary to me as a kid. And I knew I was a queer. So I was just like, I'm going to hell like. I, I knew yeah. from a young age that I was a wrong pervert who was going to go to hell. So I think I watched Jesus Christ Superstar and I was like, yep, don't be like a Judas and go to hell, you weird pervert. Like that was my takeaway was like <laughs> creepy sex perverts go to jail and go to hell and swing about the stage, you know? Yeah, they go to jail first and then they go to hell. <laughs> they go to uh, life, 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 hell. life, life, jail, life jail, jail. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but I mean, but then I get you probably watched it when you were older because I feel like I thought the same thing where I was like, yeah, Judas is bad. He wronged his best friend. Yes. He got him killed, man. Yeah. What are you doing? Don't let other people tell you what to do, Judas. But then as an adult, you're like, oh. he had literally no choice. Yeah. It was destined for him to do that yeah. because God made him. Yeah. If God is real. I don't know. Yeah. I, I like to think aliens created us, but that's just me. Yeah. I, I watched a whole video last week about the um, evolution of uh, whales from land animals to what they are now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know who's behind that. 
<laughs> but it was pretty amazing. <laughs> I don't know who did this, but it, I have to find out. But their legs just got shorter and shorter, and then they went into the sea. And then turned into fins. Yeah, the, the back legs completely disappeared, just sucked up back into the body. The front legs turned into fins, and it's not nose holes, just started going farther and farther back until it became one uh, spout hole. What are they called? Spouts? Yeah, spout. I don't like that. It was. I don't like it. It was a very cool little <laughs> animation. Well, it's the same as like how dinosaurs are birds. They think di- a lot of dinosaurs turned into birds. Yeah, and it's apparently proven. But when but you I look go, at a chicken, yeah. you're like, I get it. Oh yeah, that's a raptor for <laughs> sure. <laughs> like birds are scary. Ugh. They're out to kill us. They're they're thinking all the time. Chickens, I'm like. Whenever I see chickens, I'm like, I don't feel sorry for you. I mean, I do feel sorry for factory farm chickens, but I, yes. uh, my friends had chickens, um, like in their, they, ha- they own some mm-hmm. land and they had some, and I was just like, yeah, I'd eat you. That's fine for me. <laughs> because <laughs> I think you'd eat I me. Mean, yeah. Right. I also feel like weren't like chickens were just created specifically to be eaten. No, probably. Didn't I read that? I thought it was, I thought chickens were bred specifically for eating. We've done all crazy kinds of things. Like, oh, we're fucked. Humanity is fucked. I'm looking after this poodle and I'm like, you used to be a wolf. Like somebody broke you years (laughs) after hundreds of years, someone broke you. Like, you know, this guy needs to get a haircut twice a week. He's got soft little (laughs) paws. We brush his teeth. He's pathetic. Yeah, he's so cute. Yeah. He's so pathetic. He's so cute. And he, yeah. and he pisses I mean, on himself. Is... He pisses on himself. <laughs> what a little shit. He doesn't mean to, but he like lifts his leg up and falls over because he's bred <laughs> to be cute, not to be alive. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's why so many uh, like purebred dogs die at a young age and have so many issues because they're full inbred. <laughs> they're not meant to be like that. No. They're meant to be mutts. Yeah. They're meant to be wolf-like. Yeah. Like, my my vet, when I got Maggie, he was like, she's a pure mutt and you're lucky. I was like, see, sweet. That's great. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'll always get a mutt. I'll never get a purebred because I feel too bad. Yeah. I like... Catherine is very, my girlfriend is very allergic. And so, I mean, and this isn't even our dog. We're just dog sitting for a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, I've always had rescue dogs, but mm-hmm. I, I think if we ever want a dog, we'll just find a rescue dog. That's hypo because th- those happen. Yeah. Those we'll happen. just have to wait. Absolutely. Wait for the right pup. Hey, get on a list, get on a list, get on a list for a friend. But I'm like, these, these hypo dogs are no joke. You got to brush them out. You gotta. It's too much work. It's a. It's a lot of work. His night routine is like half hour to forty five minutes. That's like too much. We might as well make a baby at this point. <laughs> like really? Yeah. No thanks, Maggie. I'm like, ah, you're fine. <laughs> Here's your food. I'll take you for a pee. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She. But she's big. Maggie's huge. She's like a wolf for sure. Yeah. She's a big, big doggo. God love her. <laughs> Annoying little shit. All she does is bark now. Aww. I don't know why. I, anytime anybody walks by, it's a big old bark. Woof. She's going, COVID. 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 <laughs> get, get out. Get out. Vaccine. Vaccine. I mean, that's that's the one thing that I love about her, though, is I go, well, we'll probably never get robbed because yeah. she'll alert us immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good, I think. I don't know. 
who the hell knows? I don't know anymore. I feel like I've lost my mind during this pandemic. Like truly. I, I'm afraid that I won't be able to get through a scene like improvising or sketching, sketching, sketching (laughs) (laughs) because I will have such giggles and delight of just doing it that I will just, I will burst into a thousand giggles and everyone will be like, Kirsten's the worst to play with. (laughs) She just, but I get it. Giggle cries the whole time. (laughs) You do giggle cry. It's your, it's your thing. (sighs) It's your, I will for sure cry the first time I perform again in person. Oh yeah. I like, like doing second city up until October was like a gift. Like we got into the, the theater and we did our first show and like, we were all like, so uh, like happy, but then immediately, of course it went away again. (laughs) So I had such a dream and of course this never happened, but I was like, I want to piss in that place somewhere before I go. Like, Oh damn. In a corner. (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of piss in that place. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly just from like drunk oh. assholes, but <laughs> yeah, I know it, it's so it was so sad when it like when we closed it down. Yeah. It was just like, oh man, fuck! Like so many like in like history in there, and like yeah. like memories, and just like meeting every everyone I know like now from the community I pretty much met there. Yeah, like all my closest pals. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's sad, but we'll get a new building soon and comedy will continue. And it's it's just a really weird time right now for live theater. It's so weird. any kind. I don't know if this happens to you, but like sometimes when I'm out, it happened to me the other day. Catherine and I were on a walk and I heard a guy's laugh and I was like, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> it was like <laughs> a stranger's laugh, but it was a particularly good one. It was like kind of yeah. he kind of sounded like um like a young Santa. He was like, ho, ho, ho. And he was playing with his kids. Like he had small kids. And I was like, oh, that was a brilliant laugh. But I have like a visceral reaction to it. Like the first time it happened, Catherine and I were on a hike and this woman was passing us and had this beautiful cackle. And I was like, oh my God, her laugh. And like Catherine got, Catherine got initially jealous because she was so weirded out by my reaction. But I was like, I'm sorry, it's nothing. I mean, I guess it is sexual in a way that I want it so badly. Yeah, because we miss it. Strangers laugh so badly that when I hear a good mm-hmm. one, I'm like, "Can I have it? Mm-hmm. Can you can you just stand here and laugh at me, please? Yeah, let's just follow them around the park and see if her partner's funny. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so weird doing like I mean, you've been doing online shows too, but it's like so weird doing them and yeah. not hearing any laughs. Like I don't know what I'll do when I hear a laugh for something I've done. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll like, like, yeah, I think I'll cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For I think I'll just be so joyful. I'll be like, I think I'll be smiling like gleefully the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the day we can do that again and maybe we can do another extravaganza. Oh my God. Yes. I was saying, wouldn't that be a treat? Yeah. I was texting with Tom briefly and I was just like, we got to do a big queer sketch show when this is all over. Yeah. And it should just be called that a big queer sketch. show. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Just just so many songs, so much dancing, so many songs, so many dances, just everything. It's just going to be big, big, like big fat (laughs) gay wedding. Yeah. 
or what is it called? Big fat Greek yeah. wedding. I mean, <laughs> what was, what was, do you remember what Marshall said when he pitched he, Marshall? Oh yeah. Yeah. He was like, I want to pitch a bitch track. Wasn't that oh, what yeah. he said? And I was like, I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking about that today. What's, how did that song go? Um, slut for drama. Slut for drama. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. He's so insane. What an insane lunatic. Oh, he's funny. Marshall, you are, if you're listening, we miss you. <laughs> we miss you. <laughs> we miss you. <laughs> he's in New Zealand. Is he? I think so. Oh, yeah. Man. Okay. I'm sure he's in New Zealand and that's where he's going to be for a bit, I'm sure. Yeah. Because of this whole COVID bullshit. Man. Let's just get our vaccines, you right? know? Let's just get them. Um, let's get our vaccines. Everybody get your vaccines. Dolly Parton did it. You can do it too. It's that easy. Well, these people, most of the people who did um, the cruise ship with me, they're, uh, I did a cruise ship job and everyone else on my cast was from America. And many of them mm-hmm. who are my age have their shots now. Yeah. It's upsetting. And they're like, yeah, we took like the one guy was like, I got my shots. I'm in Miami on vacation. I was just like, Oh my God. There's a couple words. I don't understand. Miami vacation. Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Vaccination. But, sp- but specifically Miami. Miami. <laughs> <laughs> The hub of, I think, gay men. Oh, my God. <laughs> and weirdly enough, the cruise ship that we worked on is, like, docked in Miami permanently. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> he, like, took a picture of it. And I was like, what are you doing in Miami? He's like, I'm on vacation. I'm like, what is the American life? What are you guys doing down there? What's happening? I don't understand. I I don't understand it either. I don't get America. I'll never will, I don't think. I'm wearing six I don't masks. Understand. What's happening to you? Why are you in Miami? <laughs> wearing six masks i've got a face shield on and gloves i look either like dexter or i'm a surgeon (laughs) and everywhere i go i'm terrified like no matter what i do and a part of me is like i gotta do some things like i'm sure it's okay to like walk around a store a little bit you know but then i get home and i go i shouldn't have i shouldn't have gone to winners well, I think it's that weird math you do in your head where you go like, well, if I got it, will I think that was worth it? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like really want to yeah. go home because my niece is gra- graduating high school. And so there's a part of me that's like, okay, will I drive? And I'm not a great driver. Will mm-hmm. I drive to Saskatchewan? <laughs> <laughs> or will I fly? Like what will happen? What's a, what, what's a bigger danger? <laughs> honestly, honestly. Because Ontario highways are terrifying. Yeah, they're not. I mean, yeah, they're mostly just in like Ontario, like in the big, big cities. So like, like or sorry, I said Ontario, I meant Toronto, right. like in the big, like the major cities. Because like even like when Jill and I drove home to New Brunswick, it was fine along the like main highway until we got to Montreal and then Montreal is like, you're like, where are we going? Right. And then you get off Montreal and you're pretty good from there on. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, so maybe you could do it. Yeah. I think I would have to like, I would think I'd have to like find, like find small roads until I got to a certain point and then I'd be fine. Cause I'm like, I, yeah, I learned to drive on like gravel roads in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So when I see six lines of highway, I like, with yeah. my pants a little bit. I'm just like, I don't know how to navigate this. 
Yeah. Well, you could just put on Google Maps and say you don't want to take any highways. That's what I'm going to do. And drive five and then days it's fun. to the prairies. <laughs> five days. Holy mackerel. I think it's three. I don't remember. Once you hit Manitoba, it's like kind of a straight shot. Mm-hmm. Because it's flat. <laughs> That's what I know. But Saskatchewan is nuts right now. So maybe I shan't. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Is it? It's bad. There, it's right? bad. Hmm. It's like they have well. no people and they all have it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's the way. That's the way this thing goes, it seems. Uh, just get the vaccines. and uh, Right? <laughs> that's all I keep saying. That's all I keep saying. They're coming. They're coming. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be great. You're going to get to direct a million more shows. Yes. They're all going to be amazing. Like you directed Extravaganza and I almost said Dead Poet Society. Well, yeah. <laughs> dead Parents Society. I did enjoy also directing Robin Williams and the Dead Poet. Yeah, it was a, I can't believe you went back in time and did that film. <laughs> we'll see you back on the stage. What's what anything fun coming up for you? Um well, I guess this is out right now, but yeah, my two web series are still out. So you can watch mm-hmm. Band Ladies on Highball TV and Slow Pitch on uh, Out TV, which is on Amazon Prime. Uh, nice. You can catch me in um, Bit Players, which is on CBC Gym. I play mm. a Becky. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then also, um, uh, I don't know if one of my episodes is out. I don't, think, I don't think the episodes that I wrote are out, but I've been writing on The Snoopy Show, which is on oh, yeah. Apple Plus TV. And I watched yes. um, a bunch of the first episodes and they're so fun. So they're fun for kids, oh. but they're also, they're just fun and super nostalgic. Nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. I love Snoopy so much. How fun was it writing for that? It was fun. It was intimidating. There's lots of rules in terms of like, Mm -hmm. you know, such amazing characters that have 50 years of history, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was really great and a really cool, like I got the job in such a weird way. I don't know if we're wrapping up, but I will tell this short story. Please. No, no, no. Please tell it. Of course. It was like right after I got my concussion, which Trish knows about, as you know. Yes, I know all about the concussion. I was there. (laughs) I was. I did. (laughs) So I got a terrible concussion. And then right after I got this awful cold, Um, Mm. I think because I I had to lay low for a week. And as your body does often, when you finally lay low after running at full tilt, you get sick. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of out of it head wise. And then I had this terrible cold. So my voice was like this. (laughs) <laughs> but it was an improv festival. It was the big city improv festival. I think the last year it happened. And um, yeah. one of my best friends was in from out of town, Amy Shostak. And she was like, do you want to play the show with me? And I was like, yes, my soul needs this. I want to play with this really old friend mm-hmm. of mine. So it was catch 23 at comedy bar. And I played with Amy uh, Shostak and Tom Hill, wonderful improvisers from uh, out, out West. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I sounded like this the whole time. like Steph Tolov like it was great yeah yeah one of my favorite stand-ups anyways so afterwards this guy comes up to me he's like oh my god you're so funny um do you do animation and right away I was like yeah but I don't sound like this he was like oh that sucks that sucks I was like no I'm just super sick um he was like kind of backed up and was like okay (laughs) uh and then he was like, but do you write? So then he ended up being the showrunner. Yeah. And that's how I got oh, to write on it. So it was like such a cool, oh. a cool thing. 
That is so cool. That's so fun. I also love that. Do you, I don't talk like this normally. <laughs> yeah, just like, this is what I sound like, though. <laughs> I could show you a video of what I sound like. I have a very pretty voice. <laughs> I, I swear it's beautiful. But then being sad, being like knowing that voice would probably have me a voice career. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what like character he was thinking of. Pro- well, he works on a bunch of shows. He also worked on like mm. um, the not the movie, but like uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the TV, the, <gasps> yeah. the TV show. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah. I love those movies. Yeah. <laughs> those are good those movies are because the <laughs> they're funny. And the second one I love my favorite and will make me laugh every time. Is when they're in, they're they're like in a boat and they're going down this river and then somebody screams and go, ah, there's a leak in the boat and then it turns and it's an actual leak <laughs> and the leak goes, ah, <laughs> that's good writing. That's like, good writing. That's phenomenal writing. It's so good. It's so funny. I love kids shows so much. I've been watching so many cartoons and just like like kid cartoons. Um, Loving it. Oh I love God. it so much. So I guess I'll have to watch Snoopy. I should watch Snoopy. I have Apple TV Plus. So. Oh, yeah. Watch it. It's very fun. I will. I love Snoopy, too. I always love Charlie Brown. Love Charlie Poor Brown. Poor guy. You know? Poor guy. A little sad sack. Just, just <laughs> in, a, a, in a permanent existential crisis. <laughs> permanent existential crisis. He's so cute, though. Yeah. Did you see the Peanuts movie? I haven't, actually. I got to watch that. Oh. It's good. It's so cute. <laughs> Just like classic. I don't know. I've been I've been like craving a bit of like intensity. I'm watching Logan right now. I watched like the first okay. 30 minutes of Logan before we got on this. And just oh. have you seen it? I don't think I have. Is it a movie? Yeah, it's about Wolverine. It's yeah, Wolverine's yeah. last. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I, mean, I haven't seen it, but I know of oh, it. So it's, you could talk it's about it. It's a Western <laughs> if you well, it's a, a movie. Okay. You know, so Okay. Cowboys. Um <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back around we're bringing it back around it's so good well now i don't want to ruin it but there's this part where this person comes with like holding a head it's just awesome cool and i was like yeah and then i was like oh i gotta get on with trish but i was like literally in my living room going yes 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 <laughs> i love action movie i love them so much like i all i watch like everyone is like you're a comedian don't you watch comedies all the time no. and i'm like no it's because I do it all the time. I don't want to watch it all no. the time. I want to watch. I want to watch other things yeah. like horror movies and and like yeah. thrillers yeah. and you know disaster movies are my favorite. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> find me watching Scandal, Chernobyl. <laughs> like, yes. give me the intense. Like, either yeah. I like the intense. Like, I love Shondaland because all this stuff is just like just popcorn. It's just delicious. Yes, easy. It's easy to watch. Oh. And you just love it. It's like when I watched Pretty Little Liars, I like binged it like a few years ago. Yeah. It's like that kind of show where it's like, yeah, it's a teen like mystery, whatever. But yeah. they get you every episode. Yeah. You want to continue it. I love the queer character in that storyline, though. Emily. Yeah. Yeah, Emily. And every time <laughs> I see that actor and other things, I'm like, oh. yeah, I quite like her. She, she's Canadian. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. She's from Toronto. You should learn her name because she's very good. I know. I can't remember. It's Shannon um, something. I think it's Shannon. Uh, yeah, she's very good in that show. And also, like, that was a show where it had queer characters where, like, at the end, it was, like, exciting 
because they they get them together, but in a really nice way. Uh. Like in a way that you're like, like that's good and kind of realistic, I guess. She was mean to her because, but her best friend because she was in love with her this whole time, but couldn't admit it to herself. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember the end. I know that I watched it. And then after a while, I was like, this is very creepy that this girl got together with her teacher. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's seven seasons. It's excellent television. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But also, yes. And also the girl who played, I just learned this the other day, but the girl who played Allison, who is the girl that goes missing, um, was 13 when they filmed that. Oh, my God. 13, yeah. And the girl, Emily, was 23. So she's 10 years older than her, which is like kind of weird. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, other, a bit of a weird... The other girl that goes ends up going missing with her, I can't remember her name either, but she was in that movie, like, to all the boys I've loved or whatever. Yeah, Mona. Yeah. <laughs> Mona's the character, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a fun... Jo- I mean, I love it. I, I Maybe I should give it a rewatch, but I'm rewatching Criminal Minds right now because I like... Oh, the dark uh, slash it's just a fucking easy show to watch right i <laughs> put it on and you're like sick i want to see the terror terror but i'm terror i'm scared oh my gosh the first season is so good yeah i love kirsten you gotta watch it gerard, watch that first season gerard harris is that his name gerard harris. he's the guy he was in he's in everything he was in Mad Men. he was in the crown he's a guy mm-hmm. he's in chernobyl he's like oh i'm just an english guy i'm a bit of a dog <laughs> i guess that's everyone but <laughs> Uh, Kirsten, on this podcast, we usually do a little like lightning round of questions at oh. the end. Would you be interested? Yes, please. Awesome. Okay. What? Here's the first one. This is what I ask everyone this one. What's your biggest party fail? Biggest party fail? Yeah, like where you failed hard at a party. Okay. So uh, one of my best friends in high school created a small job for himself by fashioning these thing called beer buddies with two tubes that basically helped you shotgun a bottle of beer as quick as possible. Yeah. So uh, like a, a tube that you put in your mouth and an escape tube for the air. And so he's like, Kirsten, do it. It was at this house party. So I did it and, and I did it. They like timed me. I did it in like seven seconds. And then I went, that wasn't so bad. Like I was super cool. And then I turned and projectile vomited onto a wall <laughs> Underneath the wall was a garbage can. So then it slid <laughs> onto the garbage can. At least you aimed a little bit. Like, good good on you. <laughs> like, it was disgusting. That's so funny. <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I was so good at that. But <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. That's so funny. Okay. If you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Ooh, I would go to oh, two places at once. I would go to Vermont to visit my little niece and mm-hmm. nephew, and I would go to Saskatchewan to vis- vis- visit my older niece. Oh, that's nice. I know I always forget your sister lives in Vermont. What a beautiful place. It's very pretty. Very, very, um, just a very, pretty very place. farm to table, you know? <laughs> yeah, very, exactly. Yes. <laughs> very, very like, um, uh, uh, like little park market. Yeah. Very like the, this is homemade cheese kind of place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I darned my own socks. <laughs> this, uh, these beeswax candles, they're made of weed. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I did grow it myself. <laughs> exactly. That's Vermont. 
It's Vermont. I love it. I love it. Let's burn Vermont. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Okay. If you could only listen to one punk album for the rest of your life, what would you listen to? Okay. Oh boy. Oh, I know. It would be like, I can't even remember what it's called, but it's where they punkify a bunch of like um, 60s and 70s mm-hmm. music. So it's like, California, Less- California, dreaming. You're dreaming. Is it less? No, it's not less than Jake. Is it me first in the Gimme Gimmies? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I listen to that all the time. It was my favorite. I always think about the Scream 2 soundtrack where they um, punkified I Think I Love You. Oh. Um, it's one of my, it's less than Jake. It's like the best. Oh my God. I love that <laughs> shit. Punkify me some like Simon and Garfunkel. I'm a happy girl. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. It's so fun. I love that you love that music. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay uh okay uh what else? uh oh if you could if you could what, what what's your like go-to dance song because you love to dance you love movement um during the pandemic it's been a lot of lizzo and it's been mm-hmm. and she has so much good dance music but the one i love is where's my phone because i think it's so funny <laughs> it ends with like you're holding it ow <laughs> <laughs> And it makes me laugh every time. I'm like, this is the perfect uh, sketch that she created yeah. in like a song that you can really bust a Chuck to. <laughs> what? Uh, huh. Yeah. Bust a Chuck. Sure. Okay. Like, like Chuck, like, like as if you're chuck? chucking your elbows around. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay. Final question. The party's just ended. Everybody's going home. We all had the best time. How do you want to be remembered at the party? Whoa. <laughs> this one's hard. Yes, yeah, tough. <sighs> I like to ask the hard ones. <laughs> Someone who was really bad but really fun at foosball. Okay. <laughs> I like that. That's fun. That's a very um uh unique answer. <laughs> <laughs> like she was terrible, but she was fun to play with. But <laughs> she was the best. I had the best time. <laughs> I love that. I want to play foosball with you very soon. I'm not good. Uh, I spin. Everyone's like, no spinsies. That's a rule, you idiot. I'm like, is it? <laughs> is it? You made that up. We don't know what the true rules are or how this, who came up with this game. So <laughs> I make my own rules. I do spinsies too. So we, if we play, we can absolutely include we'll it. We'll know. I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, well, Kirsten, this has been so lovely. So fun. Where can uh, folks uh, find you on the Soch? Uh, you can find me Kiki Razzle on Twitter and Instagram. I'm taking a bit of an Instagram break. So <laughs> look through my oh. old posts. They're there. Uh, <laughs> lots of me eating vegetables if you go deep enough. Um, <laughs> Do a deep veggie dive on Kiki's <laughs> Insta. <laughs> yeah. And then I think I have a Facebook fan page if you're still on that weirdo place. Yeah, mostly for the moms listening. That's for everyone's mom. (laughs) That's for everyone's mummy. (laughs) Well, this was lovely. I always love chatting with you. So fun. I could do it for hours. Me too. I could have just talked about teeth for a long time, to be honest. Honestly, I could go on and on. (laughs) On and on. But uh, we won't. We shan't. uh, But I will talk to you soon. I love you. Love you. 
Kirsten Rasmussen, everyone. Kiki. Oh, my goodness. What a delight. Just a gem of a human. I love my dear friend very, very much. Uh, and you you must as well. Uh, give them a follow on Instagram at Kiki Razzle. Uh, look for them on Highball TV with Band Ladies, where you can also find myself, past uh, wonderful guests Dana Puttycomb and Kate Fenton, and the lovely Natasha Nago Vanless, uh, as well as look for Slow Pitch, which is on Out TV. Look for it; it's very funny. It's a hilarious uh, uh, web series as well. So check those out. If you want to follow me on all the socials, you can look for me at, at it's underscore Trisha Black. The podcast is on Instagram at One More Round Podcast or on Twitter at The One More Round. Uh, I have a Patreon, which, uh, you know, the I have one wonderful, lovely, the best uh, patron. Uh, and I am looking now to start really focusing in on it. Uh, maybe I'll start promoting it more. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> we'll see. But the best way to support the podcast is by leaving us a rating or a review. So if you're loving the pod and you're like, I want other people to listen to this podcast and enjoy it as well. Uh, you know, leave us that rating and a review. And if you hate the podcast, don't do that, but tell your enemies to do that and to listen in. You know, let them know that this is the best thing that they're going to enjoy, and then you'll get satisfaction knowing that you hate it. So, <laughs> uh, But really, seriously, if you are loving it, please, word of mouth, leave that rating and review. I'd love to see it. And I appreciate you all uh, for tuning in every uh, now, every two weeks uh, to the podcast. It really means a lot. Next week on the pod, we have an incredible uh, artist, musician, country music, uh, Bobby Dove is going to be here. I'm so excited to talk to them. Uh, they are uh, a, a new favorite of mine, and it's going to be a super, super awesome time. Really going with the you know the country dad theme here, uh, but their music is incredible, so I can't wait for you to get to know them more. Uh, and of course, no East Coast Kitchen Party is ever complete without a musical number to say goodbye. So here's me in my bedroom singing a little Fleetwood Mac. We'll see you next week. Mwah. Now here you go again. You say you want your freedom. Wait, who am I to keep you down? It's only right that you should play the way you feel it. But listen carefully to the sound of your loneliness like a heartbeat drives you mad in the stillness of remembering what you had and what you lost and what you had and what you
When 